Amen. Amen. Please give a massive round of applause to Joe Clark. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Obviously, the word massive means something different from where I'm from to where you're from, okay? So massive means big, okay? It means you've got to make those hands hurt, okay? So when you're gripping your knife and fork with your roast beef later, you'll go, ooh, I clapped a lot for Joe there. So should we give a massive round of applause for Joe Clark? You're very kind. And delude. No, no, that's not. <laughs> so, um, week two of our home series. And after Vicky's introduction last week, today we go inside and we enter the hallway. So today we're looking at the hallway. And while preparing for this morning, I found an article titled, The Power of the Perfect Hallway. With the header... One of the most important spaces in a property, the entrance hall welcomes your guests and provides an insight into your personality and the rest of your home. Who wants to imagine what Phil's hallway is like? No. The article says, your hallway is your home's calling card. And first impressions are vital. Presenting a flavour of the architecture and decor that awaits and revealing the first tantalising glimpse of your personality. The entrance hall to your home is a wonderful opportunity to at once welcome and wow your guests. As Kathleen Kumu, Executive Director at Christie's International Real Estate, observes, entering a home through an appealing front door leading to an att attractive entry foyer entices you to want to step farther in to see what's to come. Ed Ng and Terrace Ngan Founders of Hong Kong-based design practice AB Compset sum it up perfectly when they describe a great hallway as the first paragraph of a novel. It lures the audience into continuing the journey until the end. Hallways are, of course, functional spaces, and for that reason, they need care and imagination to bring them alive. But a successful entrance hall should enhance rather than detract from the rooms they introduce. Who thinks these folks have got too much time on their hands? Now, I appreciate not all homes have an actual dedicated hallway, but bear with us and perhaps think of the hallway in terms of it being the point of entrance to the home, yeah? You happy with that? Okay. So having said that, thinking about your hallway at home or your point of entrance to your house, who sees it as the first paragraph of a noddle, luring the audience in, maybe, maybe inviting is a better word than, than luring. Um, who sees it as that, your hallway at home? What impressions are given by your hallway? What glimpses do they give of your personality? Does it welcome and wow? Does it welcome and wow? Or is your hallway like ours? Functional, with not so much care and attention, where stuff gets dumped when you get in. You mean to move it, but never quite remember, or you never quite have that free hand to do it. Is your hallway a bit more like that? Yeah. But it wasn't just one article about the importance of hallways. There's a plethora and another said this, the entry is also the place that signals what lies beyond. An entrance hall is much more than the start of a pathway to other rooms. It also serves as a transition space between interactions both passive and active. These people got far too much time, haven't they? Think of passing from the calm of your bedroom to a busy living room full of people chatting. An entrance hall needs to be calm but inviting, enticing those passing through it to venture further in and feel completely welcomed. And that's primarily what I want to look at and consider this morning, the hallway as a place of welcome. 
just turn to the person next to you. We'll shuffle up if you've got a few empty seats around you if you've not watched this morning. And um, turn to the person next to you, preferably someone you've not come with, and tell them about a time you had a good welcome somewhere. It could be anywhere at all, anywhere. It could be at a relative, a friend, a restaurant maybe, a shop, a church perhaps even. What made it stand out? What made that welcome stand out? Just turn to someone next to you and have that discussion just for a few moments. There's a lot of discussion and chatter, so people have either had really good welcome somewhere or they've got very low expectations of a good welcome, or if you're silent, you've got very high expectations that have never been met. Who wants to share a good welcome that they've had? Phil, can you be the roving reporter? Who wants to yes. share a good welcome that they've had? Oh, oh. Jean Lavender has something to say. Which in-house group means you need to sit comfortably, but anyway. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I think a hug goes a long way. I went to a church a few weeks ago, and the pastor came out of the church and hugged me. And I thought, you know, that's rather nice, and he's quite good looking too. <laughs> oh, there we go. A lot of people want the address of that church now, weren't they? <laughs> Ladies, as you're leaving, I'll come running after you. No, no, <laughs> that's all right, is it? <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> Thank you, Jean. <laughs> Anyone else? Come on. Come on. It's not Kev preaching. It won't be a long one. Come on. <laughs> oh. oh. Our younger son's house, you get bombarded with dogs straight away and they won't settle till you've given them a cuddle back. So the dogs, the dogs... One more, maybe? Come on. Um, one more. Oh, there's a hand up here somewhere, apparently. Necker's volunteering people. June. Did you, have you got one? Oh, Ron. Oh. We have a small group at our and we love him coming because Jesus comes and gives us a word and we thank him very much. Thank you. Thank you. So that's house group. Welcome at house group. You know, I asked the family about the best welcomes that we've had and we came up with a few. When Eva was four, we went to Disneyland Princess and she lived in princess dresses at the time. There should be a picture coming. There we go. So she was in the element... Because wherever we went in the park, the staff greeted her with a bow or a curtsy, held the doors open and said, Good morning, good afternoon, princess, which she was very comfortable with. Uh, and I'm not sure that she didn't think that she actually was a really princess. And sometimes 
perhaps I think she still does. Um, and Justine reminded me that on one occasion, she told Eva to hold the dress up so it didn't get muddy. And he was like, no, but, but the birds will come and hold it. You know, like they do on the, in, the, in the cartoons in the films at Disney. The birds will come and hold it. Jack was impressed at the welcome, with the welcome he had at my brother's wedding reception. Uh, I think it was the canapes that were being offered around that grabbed his attention. Uh, when we went to New York last October, Justin had told them that we were going there for our wedding reception. You have to tell the hotels these things, don't you, to, to see what you get. So on arrival, the reception staff were like, we'd like to tell you that you're our special guest of the day. So we've put you on a higher floor and we've given you a bottle of something to celebrate. We've said there's always a good welcome at the grandparents' home with the offer of a drink or something to eat. And Mum's already touched on it. We said we also get a great welcome from our dog, Rocket. So we, Jack filmed this yesterday. And I'd only been out to the porch and come back in the house. If we can get the video up. Watch his tail. His tail going between my feet. I'd only just been out to the porch and stepped back in again. Oh. And to be honest, that was a fairly subdued greeting compared to what you get from Rocket. You know, we're having some problems with Justine's car at the moment. And we might have to change it, so we're going and visiting some car showrooms. And you usually get a good welcome when you go to the car showroom as they try to encourage you to part with your money. Yes, they're all very pleased to see you. And when I asked my sister-in-law about the best welcome she's had, she said they're two dogs, which my mum has referred to. But then she said, oh, the Lexus garage. And I'm like, the Lexus garage? She said, yes, the Lexus garage. And apparently, welcome is a big thing with Lexus. Does anybody drive a Lexus? No, we're not doing that well. Okay. Um, <laughs> apparently, they have a specific word for it, a Japanese word for it. So I looked it up, and it's called omotenashi. Omotenashi. Do you want to say it with me? After three. One, two, three. Omotenashi. It's best described as the Japanese spirit of hospitality. The word's got no direct equivalent in the English language, so an understanding of it, its true meaning has to come through personal experience rather than knowledge. They do try and describe it and put it this way. Think of somebody posting a review for a hotel that they've recently stayed in. The measure of the satisfaction and the quality of the hospitality they experienced is usually gauged by the level of care rather than the knowledge of the features of the hotel. So it's, so it's the quality of the hospitality and the satisfaction they've experienced. That's gauged by the level of care rather than the knowledge of the features of the hotel. In Japan, it's extremely important the guests feel welcome, but more than that, a host will work hard to anticipate and fulfil the needs of their guests so they enjoy an amazing experience. Lexus say this, we will treat each customer as we are a guest in our home. Rather than, rather than judge potential buyers based on outward appearance, we are determined to treat customers like a value guest. And in order to exceed expectations, we go to great lengths to make people feel welcome and to anticipate their needs, often before they even know it themselves. And if you want to find out more about Oma Tanashi for yourself, there's a Lexus deal in Wolverhampton that's open until half past four today or from nine o'clock tomorrow morning if you want to go and see, see if they keep true to the word there. 
I started this morning by quoting from an article titled The Power of the Perfect Hallway, which is very much written from the, the folk, with a focus on the importance of the architecture, the design and the decor. But when we've looked at the, at the hallway as a place of welcome, we see the things that have made welcomes memorable are more to do with the interaction with people or dogs which seems than the actual kind of structure, which seems to fit in with this idea of Omotenashi. The hotel hallway, you may, may have a stunning floor, it may have a stunning chandelier, but if the reception staff greet you with the look of a trod on chip and show no interest, you're not going to feel welcome, are you? Yeah, if you go in and the face of thunder, no interest, you're not going to feel welcome. Well, welcomes are important to Jesus too. In Matthew 10, verses 40 to 42, we read, Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. Now, perhaps we need to be careful about the context of here because Jesus was talking to the disciples as he sent them out rather than talking about welcoming non-believers in. But we can see Jesus recognised the importance and the significance of welcoming people, yeah? Well, we're not sure. Um, but we know he welcomed those around him, didn't he? He was welcoming, yeah? Yeah. So, what about Junction 10? How do we make Junction 10 a place of welcome? Hopefully, if you're visiting us this morning, you've been made to feel welcome. If it's your first time back for a bit, then you've been made to feel welcome. How do we make people feel at home? Because stepping into church for the first time, or even into a different church, if, if you are a churchgoer, can be intimidating. There's so many things to consider, isn't there? What, what are the parking arrangements? Where is the front door? Will it be cold? Where are the toilets? And if you're not used to going to church at all regularly, you know, you can have even more anxiety about this. You know, is this the right church for me? Will anyone talk to me? Will they do weird stuff? Will they judge me? Should I even be here? Perhaps I'm not ready to go inside yet. You know, over the years I've preached a few times around the subject of thresholds. And they came up again in my preparation for today. And I read something titled, Come on in. Ten tips for welcoming guests into your church building. And point four was think about the thresholds transition. And it was saying if people are anxious about entering church, the hallway may help them cross that threshold. Knowing that they can come into the building without going straight into the main room, the, 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 the holy place, the inner sanctum or sanctuary. You know, that was a feature of the temple design, wasn't it? You had the outer gates before you entered the, the Holy of Holies. And we shouldn't underestimate what it takes for somebody to cross the threshold to come into church for that first time. We shouldn't underestimate that. So what can we do to encourage them? Well, at this point, can I acknowledge the great job our volunteers do welcoming people each week? Should we give our volunteers there a round of applause? They're just in the doorway there. They've got their applause. And we've had people comment about the positive welcome that they've received when coming to the church at Junction 10. Now, obviously, this isn't our building, is it? And so uh, what we can do in terms of setup and decor is a bit limited. So it's crucial we get the welcome right from person-to-person -person interaction. Yeah? That's important. 
And we know that the church isn't a building, it's the people. We are the church. So although we can make an effort with a physical appearance, it shouldn't be any surprise that people's experience in the hallway comes down to the people that they're interacting with rather than the physical building and property. I mentioned earlier, that, didn't I, that hallways can be a bit of a dumping ground in some houses, yeah? And you can get cluttered. You enter the room, you enter your home, sorry, your hands are full, and you put things down. Well, in some ways, that's what we want people to do when they come in here. Yeah? To come in through those doors and feel as though they can unburden. Put things down that they're carrying, carrying through life day to day, and spend time in the presence of the King of Kings. Yeah? Now, we know you haven't got to come in here to be in the presence of the King of Kings. But if your lifestyle's not kind of focused around God, how else are you going to encounter that? We allow him to deal with the clutter. We allow him to deal with that preventive building up. You know, and as people go, sometimes they might have to pick things up again as they leave because coming in here won't change that difficult relationship. It won't change the financial struggles necessarily. But maybe the bag's a little bit lighter. Or there's somebody else carrying one of the handles. So a huge thank you to everyone who serves out there welcoming people. But as good as we may be, could we do more? They've disappeared now, I've said that. No, could we do more? You know, we see the car parts getting fuller and fuller, isn't it? With the footballers coming. Parking on the overflows getting more awkward with the new benches that are there. Do we maybe need to start thinking about having people out on the car park to help steward and guide people in to remove that obstacle? But what about once they're inside? Well, I'm doing some research and I found here's what we shouldn't do. If we can watch the screen again. Hi, good morning. Welcome to First Alliance Church. Is this your first time ever visiting us? We love people. We're just so glad to have you. Oh my gosh, look at this. That's so cute. Oh, he's so cute. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Hi. Oh, hi. Can you help it to me? Thank you. Um, oh, yeah, that's cute. Yeah. Good morning. Hi, can I have a bulletin? How are you today? Oh hey, welcome, uh, welcome to church. We are so glad that you're here this morning. Is this your first, first time visiting yes. with us? Thank you, yes. Oh, wow, I mean, it's just so great to see you. It's have good you to be here. here. You know, hey, here, have one of our bulletins. Thank you. All right, just, just go right through there. Thank you. All right. Maybe so. Anybody encountered that in any other visits to church? You know, uh, the, the close talker, Charlie, Charlie Mackesee, the guy who does the, the horse, the mole and the fox, is it, and the boy, that was cartoon. He's on the Alpha videos and he says when he went away for the Holy Spirit weekend, somebody came up really close to him and started praying and all he could think was, oh, you had a lot of garlic last night. <laughs> Things not to do. Do you want to see some more? Yes. This is the best part this day. <laughs> Thank you. 
hair color? Um, well, how much do you weigh? <laughs> that, um, what's your pants size? Well, you know, with different brands, they're, they're different. Do you have any kids? So I don't... Oh, yes, I do, yes. How many do you have? I, do. I have three. Who's your favorite? <laughs> what? Oh, hey, how's it going? Yeah, right. Here, take one. Seats are in there. Don't take that with you. Are you married? Oh, are you married? Um, are no. you? Oh, no. Hey, Val, he's not married. Well, he's kind of a seven, but he's still really cute. Val, come, hey, no, come here. Look at him. Look, look, yeah. Hi, Hi there. Good morning. And it's your name is, you. let me guess, uh, Myrtle. Uh, it, it's Kristen, Pastor Larry. Kristen. Kristen, yeah. And you have four kids, right? Uh, two. Two, okay. Yeah, we, we've been to your house for dinner. Oh, I remember that now. Yeah. Well, welcome to the church this morning. Okay. And God bless you. Yeah, you too. Thanks. <laughs> Hi, good morning. Good morning. So nice to meet you. What's your name? Nathan. Oh my gosh, you look like this guy I saw at the mall last week. Do you work at Express? No, I don't. Or maybe we went to high school together. Do we go to high school together? I don't think Class so. of 99. What up? Panthers! No. no? Okay. Hey, you know what? You should check out the new Sunday school class. It's awesome. It's here on page two. Okay. It's real good. I mean, I know it's your first Sunday, but you're gonna love it. It's amazing. Oh my god. You know what? The pastor is my husband. Thank and you. he is so good. No, hold on. Let me just finish telling you what's going on next week. And having said that, I'm guaranteed to forget someone's name now on, on, on the way out of the talking at the end. <laughs> that made me smile when I came across them. But thinking back to that idea of Amatanashi, how do we anticipate and fulfill the needs of our guests? How do we make people feel included and welcome? Because it can be a real challenge, can't it? Because everybody's different. And we may be dealing with damaged and broken people. Some will want to come in and initially have little to do with anyone else. Well, that's suss out what's going on. And others will want that interaction and find out more about the church. You know what? We won't always get it right. Yeah? We need to welcome people and we need to greet them. We may not always get it right. The Holy Spirit can help us discern what people want. But there's no guarantee that we'll, that we'll get it right with people. Hopefully... They will show us a bit of grace towards us if we don't. But a couple of things we can try to remember, though, is acceptance of one another. Because God accepts us as we are, doesn't he? Despite our messy lives, he accepts us. And if we, we reflect God's love by accepting others, their quirks, their faults, uh, if we accept those, then we will see that they too are individuals created in the image of God. Their lifestyle, when they come in, may not bring glory to God. If they have no knowledge of him, why would it? We may be challenged by stuff and feel uncomfortable, but they need to know that they're accepted and they're loved by God just as they are. And as they allow him into their lives, he'll sort out what needs to be dealt with. Yeah, sometimes maybe we put things in the way. And as we do this, God will be glorified. Welcoming others glorifies God. So rejecting or ignoring others does the exact opposite. Sometimes we can be guilty of thinking that we need to protect God from people who don't match up to our idea of what a follower of Jesus should be. And we have expectations about what a member of his family should look like. 
we don't need to worry. Because Jesus is God and look at the people that he mixed with when he was here on earth. God knows and accepts them as they are. And if we show that we do too because we know who we are in him, it glorifies him to others and only makes him more attractive to them. So we need to be prepared to make those relationships with people who may challenge us, but they need to know Jesus. I recognise the volunteers who, who welcome people each week. But remember last week, Vicky shared our plans for Christmas and we said we need everyone, everyone to be involved as we organise this Christmas market. 17th of December in the afternoon. As we invite the community in to come and celebrate with us. And Phil Walker will be out there again in the, in the hallway, uh, heart space, signing people up to volunteer in different areas. So please... If you can volunteer in some way, there's different ways you can volunteer. Prayer, wrapping presents, delivering flyers, uh, set up on the day, stewarding on the day. Different areas you can, you can help. Please sign up as to what you can do. But week to week, we've got a responsibility to be welcoming, welcoming towards others. And I'm sure it doesn't happen here, but you still, still, still hear stories about people who attend church for the first time, sit down, and then get a little tap on the shoulder and say, oh, excuse me, would you mind moving because that's my seat? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it still happens, doesn't it, from time to time. You can have the best welcome team in the world, but if that happens, you guess might not come back. We want to make people welcome to, so that they can come to the point of revelation. Yeah, so they can come to know Jesus for themselves. Let's read Acts chapter 9, verses 1 to 9. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for the letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men travelling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could, not see, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. Lord, let this be a house of salvation. A place where people feel welcome, but more than that, a place where you are revealed to them. A place of entry into the kingdom. Who longs for that? We want people to know there's something different about this place. Yeah? You know, it's a good school, Ofsted say. Still good, aren't you? Yeah? Yeah? It's a good school here, but we're going to know something different here on a Sunday that maybe spills over into the week somehow. When people walk through that door, we want people to encounter God in the same way that Saul did. Now, I'm not asking for people to go temporarily blind because that would be a bit awkward to explain, wouldn't it? But we want people to have that instant encounter, that recognition, and then to question, who are you, Lord? So we focused on the hallway being a place of welcome and practically what we can do to make that hallway welcoming and attractive. But very quickly, I just want to make another couple of observations about hallways. Firstly, they can be a place of waiting. 
You might have come across this phrase before. It comes up. Have I put it in there? Have I not put it in? No, I've not put it in there. I forgot the slide. Um, it says, until God opens the door, praise him in the hallway. Have you heard of that before? No? No? Some, some, somehow. It can be a place of waiting. <clears throat> and of course we're talking about the metaphorical hallway here. Those times when we feel stuck or in limbo waiting for God to move. We read in Psalm 130 verse 5, I wait on the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. But sometimes waiting on God's timing isn't easy, is it? It can feel like we're in limbo, as I said, between where we are and where we want to be. It can test our patience and it can at times wear us down if we don't fully hand things over to him. And we need to master the art of hallway praise in waiting. It's also true that sometimes when the door opens, we may not feel ready or prepared. We feel, or we've come to feel safe in the hallway. And this morning, maybe you've crossed the threshold of coming to church. You've entered the hallway, but that's now where you're stuck. That's where you're staying. It feels comfortable coming. This bunch of people, they're all right. Get a nice welcome. Tea and coffee's all right. You're in the hallway. And I'm not talking about sort of just staying out in the heart space during the services. Spiritually, God's opening the door to salvation to you this morning. If you've come in, and you think, oh, this place is okay. Don't get stuck in the hallway. Take that next step into salvation. Step through into what he's got for you. So welcoming and waiting. And I couldn't think of a third W. So we'll go for departure or exit, if you want WWE if you're a wrestling fan. The welcome here on a Sunday is important as people come in. But if we had carried on reading Acts 9, we would have seen that rather than Saul being told to go somewhere, it was the disciple Ananias who was told to go. Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street. And in the same way, the Great Commission, in the Great Commission, the instruction from Jesus was to go. And we carry the presence of God wherever we are. Yeah, Wherever we go, we carry the presence of God. So we don't have to wait for people to walk through these doors. We need to get the welcome right when they do, but we don't need to wait for that. We're the living stones of this house. And as, when we can welcome people into the kingdom of God through our day-to-day interactions with them, so this morning, as we've looked at the hallway, I trust you've been able to follow it as we've kind of referred to it in the physical, in metaphorically and spiritually. The main thing to take away is that hallway is a place of welcome, a place of acceptance. And more than anything, people will recall how they're made to feel by others. So as we look to, to open up our home here at the Church of Junction 10, to look to open up more to others and we perhaps have for a while, we need to think about how we welcome all of us, not just those on the road to, to be on the door. All of us need to think about the welcome. Do we put unnecessary obstacles in people's way? Do we have expectations of people that are there to keep us happy? Lord, I pray that you reveal to us the power of the perfect hallway as we make this conscious effort to think about our welcome so that people are drawn deeper into your kingdom. Amen.